are listening to the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Business. 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 Recommendation, 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 promotion, entrepreneurship, live shows, live shows, music, live shows, touring, touring, streaming, streaming, hustling, overcoming, so overcoming, then battle, anxiety, accomplishment, dealing, progress. Welcome to episode 13 of the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. This is the second installment of Creatures and Chemicals shooting the shit and talking about our experiences, goals, and strategies. Don't forget to head on over to facebook.com forward slash music on your own terms to leave me a message and tell me what other things you'd like to hear on the show. View the show notes from this episode and past episodes at musiconyourownterms.com. And it would really mean a lot if you'd subscribe to the mailing list. That way you can keep updated on everything going on. I've been really active on Instagram lately. And you can find me at MetalDoggy, M-E-T-A-L-D-O-G-G-I-E. In the last couple of weeks, I've done a bunch of interviews. So I've got quite a few episodes coming out soon. So stay tuned for that. I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review on iTunes. That way... It can reach other listeners that could benefit from the content I'm putting out. That would be really helpful. Without further ado, here's the episode. Okay, so we're sitting here with uh, Creatures and Chemicals. I've got Adam here and our new singer, Kay. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Yeah, so there's a few things that have changed um, since the last episode. Um, We've had a couple of gigs with the different variations of the band. Um, we have lost a member. So I think let's touch on, uh, the first thing we want to touch on is the uh, the first gig at Lola's. All right, what did we learn from that? I think the biggest thing is it was, uh, to bring people up to speed, it was uh, St. Patty's Day weekend, uh, downtown Fort Worth, and Lola's itself is right across from an Irish bar. Uh, Lola's decided to have a cover charge and the Irish bar did not and the Irish bar was absolutely packed Um, so I think that may have been a a misstep Um, I was quite surprised we actually got money split between the bands I mean what was that 12 bands yeah it was a a good good day and you know we had an experience Um, but yeah I think I don't think uh I don't think on that kind of weekend it would be it's a good idea to do a cover charge just because you know you're kind of turning people away at the door um, but outside of that I mean, yeah and I mean like my kind of takeaway from it too is like starting to really wonder like how much promotion like places are doing to to get people in yeah so because I mean just like you said I mean the, the cover charge I think hurt us from having people just randomly walk in but I think a lot of that too might have been uh, people just didn't know about it. stage setup you know too yeah. like us playing inside compared to outside because 
everybody that did come in went outside and stuck to the outside. They didn't right. do what I think Lola's has had intended, which is watch an outside sense, band, right. then watch the inside band, watch they just the outside kind of band. Hung out in the nice weather. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and I don't think anybody was really actively like they're kind of hyping up the inside outside type of thing right you know um and i'll do you know i'll go more on that when we get to the second gig or reno's but well, let's talk about that, I think, I mean that well it's the same kind of thing it's like you know the reno's live area is not a part of the main bar so you have people like in the bar and then you had at least 20 or 30 people just hanging out outside of it you know what i mean so like i was thinking you know i don't know if reno is like actively tries to get those people back into the live area right or you know if they even need to go back into the live area necessarily because they can hear everything from up front too right. so and it's that, like i mean that gig also was on um the, the arts festival weekend so there's yeah. thousands of people downtown uh, in Dallas so it's not not for want of people around mm. it's just people actually knowing that the gig's happening right so and the location of that venue the parking is somewhat limited but can kind of harbor right. people wanting to come to that particular venue mm-hmm. yeah I mean you but could... that's just deep Ellum, I think in general yeah, I mean, I've heard horror stories about people having to pay twice for parking down there, and it's just, it's a mess, you know, so I think that could be part of it, right? Um, so, you know, that was your first gig, Kay? I mean, how do you think it went? Um, I'm very happy to be a part of Creatures and Chemicals, um, so I'll preface by saying that, um... I thought the energy was really good. Uh, it was a really fun gig. The setup, uh, the sound uh, engineer was good. Um, very accommodating. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought it was fun. I definitely look forward to playing there again. Um, there are a few hiccups with some uh, last minute changes from the management toward the band as far as you know mm-hmm. uh, right ha- well yeah that we had um, at the last minute which not agreed on that we had to bring in six people or we'd have to pay which you know which is something we're not necessarily against because as a band we should be encouraging people to come to our shows that's kind of the point but yeah, it was it was not appreciated to be sprung on at the last minute. But right, I think how it's, is that B decided to do that? So yeah, and I mean I don't know. It's, it worked out in the end. So. Yeah, I mean we didn't end up really even like having to pay anything out of pocket. But I think that's just going to be par for the course for the, a little while, anyways. I mean, you know, some some promoters and stuff like that, like you know unfortunately have like a minimum ticket requirement you just mm-hmm. kind of have to do it and the reason you know what kind of changed my mind about it in general even at the show is after you know talking to anthony from exotica and stuff like that you know it's like we you know forget the promoters i mean like if we try to take like 
you know, a stance against it. You know what I mean? It's it's impacts like other bands too, I think. Right. So, you know, and we're all kind of like if we all kind of, if we're all kind of in this together, then you know, just kind of go with that mm-hmm. idea and you know, just suck it up. I mean, as long as it's not exploitary. That's even a word. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's tough for me because, like, I think, you know, I, I think a promoter's job, if you're going to promote a show, you kind of assume the risk mm-hmm. of, you know, losing money. Right. You know what I mean? Because you're like, I, I don't know. The way they do the promotion around here and stuff like that is like, you know, they run out the venue, then they get the bands to sell tickets with the requirement. And to me, it should be, you know, if I'm a promoter, right, like, you know, I get the bands, I should expect to have to pay the bands something, regardless of ticket sales. And then I think as a promoter, it's my job to, like, get people into the show, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, like, really, you know, make a buzz and, you know, get the word out and stuff like that. And the the bands do it. And then the bands. Additionally, so it's extra people. Yeah, the bands, you know, by word of mouth try to share with their people and you know get everybody in and right especially you know. I especially think if if the bands are up and coming and you're you're trying to provide a place to you know for to showcase bands you know it's it's different than like a, an a, you know an established band that that is semi-local that has a following right you know and then they have their built-in fans and you expect oh they're gonna bring in so many people whereas all these local bands you know, kind of trying to figure it out. Some are doing a better job than others. Um, you know, and it's just the nature of the beast, I guess. There's a lot of saturation of bands, too. This is also true. You know what I mean? And, like, you know, these these bills with, like, 12 or 13 bands, they're stacked like that by design because, you know, you don't have 12 bands on the on the bill because you're trying to, like, you know, entertain, you know what I mean? Like you have 12 bands on the bill so that each of those bands will sell tickets based mm-hmm. on your requirement. It doesn't really matter what they sound like or what they play like, you know what I mean? If they're, they have a band, they're typically allowed to just kind of show up and load up and play, which is good. But at the same time, you know, if you're really making your money off the bands and not the people, then. Right. Yeah. When it's like friends of the friends, it's ugly. And, you know, like, spouses and stuff and you're really it's just the entourage of each band and if that's what you're getting your drink money off of that's yeah. kind of sad well another thing I thought about too is, is like you know the people that the bands do bring in you know what I mean like obviously they bring in tickets for the door they also buy alcohol but we don't get a cut of that as bands so right. it's like you know exactly. like the thing about you know playing Reno's and having that six ticket requirement you know, or whatever, is like, you know, if I bring in three people, but they spend, you know, hundreds of dollars on drinks, I mean, that should make up for the lack of people that you have in the first place, but, you know, so it's a, I don't know, it's a touchy subject, but. Um, so, yeah, the other thing we've been doing is, uh, uh, we both, we've, I don't know if you've read it yet, but uh, Ari Hurstan's uh, excellent book about the new music industry, both been delving into that. Um, and one particular uh, 
uh, strategy he uses is the follow back on Instagram. So you go and follow people so they follow you back and then at the end of a certain amount of time you basically purge your list of people who didn't follow you back. Um, and the, the original school of thought is that's a bit skeevy um, because if you're... The, the, the accounts that you're following is vastly more than who's following you. It looks kind of weird. But um, what we've kind of discovered is if you're just posting Instagram pictures, they're really just flyer. You know, the, the, it's the equivalent of posting a flyer in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's going to see it. No, you know, maybe one person may see it, but it's not really going to do much. But if you start strategically following other accounts like our, our strategy is we find you know punk bands specifically or, or metal bands in general that are local to the Dallas Fort Worth area and then we look at their followers and we start following them they follow us back it's basically telling Instagram's al- algorithm you know the type of people that might be interested in our band and and what we've seen is by doing that, we've not only got a bunch of followers, well, I think we're up to 1,400 followers mm-hmm. now, but you start seeing that your posts, likes and posts, um, you know, the, the insights you can look on Instagram are going up just based on that. So instead of having, you know, 10, 20 people look at your profile that week, it goes up to 1,000. And you can see the percent, if you look into it, you can actually see the percentage of accounts that are not following you that get exposed to um, that particular image you know based on the image itself based on the hashtags you use Um, and so that's something that I think uh, people really it's it's really based on having people learn specifically about the social media and not just expect to throw an image up online and have it like blow up there's, right. there's strategic things you have to do to be able to get traction, and so far I think it's working quite well. Oh yeah, and the I mean the responses we get from people that like have direct messaged us or you know we've sent a message thanking them for following us. Exactly. Like, the so responses we get are really positive. You know. Yes. Like. You so know. that that really is the second step. So the the process is you fought you you go to a let's say another band. We've already mentioned Quizotica, mm-hmm. um, so you check those guys out. Um, you know, we, we let's say we follow all their fans and we get you know ten twenty percent of them follow us back. Once they follow us back, you know we send a message saying thanks for following us. Here are our local dates that we're playing upcoming, and here's our website. You know, and, and it just gives that bit of personal touch to it. Um, yeah, it looks like a spam message, kind of, but it's just, you know, here, here's what we do, you know, thanks for following us, and then, you know, they, they get the information, and yeah, as Adam said, we, we're getting some responses like, oh, that's great, you know, mm-hmm. it could be a podcast, it could be a, um, a blog, or a magazine, or another promoter, or something, and they're, they're being, you know, it, it just basically gives you that 
conversation. It's it's basically cold calling if you really think about it. You're, you're basically calling up uh. to a point, but actually it's more it's more um, targeted because cold calling is just running down a list of numbers and saying, "Hey, do you want to buy some toner?" Well, but um, this is actually going the next step and doing your research and saying, "All right, well these these people like this band or this venue," and you're you're basically reaching out to them saying, "Hey, we are a band." You know, we're in the same kind of area yeah. as this other band. And, well, you know. And the thing for me is, it's like, it's, it, you know, I don't know what it is. Maybe you can tell me if this is, like, the, the impression that I get, um, if I can quote the Mighty Mighty Bostons. I was just about to <laughs> Is, you know, the impression that I get is that bands, like, don't want to talk about themselves and yeah. don't want to, like, you know, put themselves out there. Like, they think that the only way that they're legitimate is if people come to them without, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the feeling that I get. It's like, unsolicited. you know, yeah, like, oh, we're not going to, you know, we don't want to play too many shows because we don't want people to get tired of us. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we're not going to, like, wear our own merchandise because it's not cool. I'm not going to wear my own band shirt on stage because you're not supposed to do that. You know, we don't want... Like, you know, we don't want to have a uniform look, you know, because nobody does that now. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, so it's all, but, you know, rules that people put that kind of, yeah, get in their way. And it's, you know, there's, there's the kind of elitist attitude, I think, that, you know, the music has to speak for itself and that should take care of it. And yeah, in this nah. day and age, there's so much saturation. Well, it's like they don't... Like, and I don't know if they just don't think about, like, what people used to do back in the day and can, like, you know, think of, like, a, a real-world example of, like, how we would do that now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like all these old bands, like, the tape trading and stuff like that, stuff that they did, and, like, they would mail each other tapes and all this stuff, and they would say, hey, this is my band, you know, and they would do it through, like, you know, magazine, yeah. like, tape trading and stuff, and, like, to me... You know, us going out on Instagram now and following a bunch of like punk bands and saying, hey, this is us, let's check out your stuff, you know, follow for follow and stuff like that. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, and, you know, and the, the interesting thing is everybody, I think, cares about the, the music at some point, but a lot of it too is the imagery associated with it. I mean, mm-hmm. the reason, you know, YouTube and all that stuff is so popular is because people like want to watch. Yeah. Something. Exactly. You know what I mean? They want to look at something. So, you know, it actually, it. I was surprised that Instagram, that we have 1,400 followers so far, because on, you know, Facebook, we only have like 950, something like that, likes. Right. And, and, we, and we, we put some money into that. And we put, well, yeah. But, it, but again, the, in, the, um, the numbers, when you look at, you know, when you go in and actually look at the, uh, the graphs and everything there's really no traction on facebook so i don't know if it's just we need to spend more money in order to get traction or put more videos up or whatever it may yeah. be but instagram seems to be a lot easier to to kind of manipulate if you will and it's and you just have to think of it as a tool well and i feel like yeah i feel like everything from instagram is a little bit more genuine too just based yeah, on, just based on the interactions we've had with certain people and stuff like that I mean we you know so I think having those connections from Instagram like Mm -hmm. I think are really good so cool but so what what are we working on now so uh, no drummer no problem right so they don't have a drummer no drummer no drama so 
we're uh, working on getting our backing tracks, you know, created, and yeah. we're gonna do the unthinkable. And yeah, we're gonna go as a backing track band yeah. with no drama. Um, so. You know, and we have samples anyway, so that will be mixed in. Yeah. Um, but no, I think I think it'll be different enough where. You know, in a, in a couple of months, we can start building a visual aspect and have mm -hmm. videos and, you know, there's nothing stopping us. It's unconventional, but, you know, something else to get you noticed. Yeah, I well, I don't know. It might actually open it up to get us a really good drummer because somebody could hear exactly. us and, you know, like, see that we're, you know, established, we're playing gigs. And so I think, like, not having the need for one, I think will ultimately help us get one right <laughs> that can hold their own and can you know play and you know mm -hmm. it's committed and, yeah i think that we are us and and a lot of other band well all other bands for that matter um in this day and age are pioneers of a new music generation like this isn't like you know, back in the 50s where you had to rely on a record company and you had to rely on a promoter and you had to do this and you had to do that and you were waiting for what they were putting forth and just kind of following their rules. Like, now we have the freedom where we can do all of that ourselves if mm -hmm. we wanted to. So um, I think that there's a lot of glory and a lot to be said for being unconventional and having no rules necessarily um, and you know kind of going and doing your own thing um, however you want to do it um, because you're not under anyone's thumb um, mm -hmm. so I think that the freedom of that in itself gives us a lot more confidence as a band to be more creative get you know what we need done with the music showmanship um and be able to pass that on to our fans and thank you all 1400 and 950 facebook people as well yeah. <laughs> mm. and all the uh people who still use uh rotary phones to call in and tell us good job yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One eight hundred creatures and chemicals. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. So well, that actually brings up another point. Is uh, you know, if anyone uh, has experimented with uh, you know text lists, because that there's there's definitely apps online. I know in my previous band it was it was talked about. Um, you know, having a you know if, you, if a, any company now you have you know whether it's your doctors or dentist or you know, 7-Eleven have a text list now and you can get offers and you can opt in. Everyone knows, you know, knows about this. Um, surprised I haven't seen many bands utilize it because it's fairly well, it's inexpensive another, like a mailing list. It's another one of those things that like, you know, a, a lot of bands, you know, I, I don't know, don't want to, not to say that they don't want to, like dedicate themselves to that but I think the more you think about it like the business aspect of it the more open to those certain things you are right so you know I mean I would think that would be like the first thing is to just open up to it and just 
you know, because yeah. we like that's the thing. I mean, handing out flyers and stuff like that is is one thing, you know. But I mean, just random people down the street that you're handing out flyers to, you have to look for people specifically oh, yeah. that you think would actually show up, or you're just and, wasting and that, paper. That itself is very so. limited in terms of. Uh, I mean, yeah, you can go out the the week before. And this is maybe something we can talk to the Kickstarter uh, guys, you know, a later show. You know, that's their, that's one of the things they do is go out locally and hand mm-hmm. out flyers. So it's, it'd be interesting to see how, how much traction they get from that. Um, and, you know, we're kind of doing the, the online thing. Um, but yeah, I mean. I think it's important that bands recognize that we're not in direct competition with each other that we need to come together and have unity to get things accomplished and um, you know make things happen um, as a group you know um, yeah rising tide raises all ships it's it it, uh, you know it as you said our um they're not bands are not a competition a competition is you know the internet it's you know, Marshmallow Head having a, a you know, a, a, like a concert inside of the Fortnite game and getting millions and millions of downloads of a skin. Uh, I mean, I think we mentioned that before. It's like, well, how, how do you get people off the, uh, you know, off Red, well, De- Red, De- Red yeah. Dead Redemption? I don't know why you're looking at me specifically. <laughs> but, but no, it's true. I mean, because well, you think about it, right? Like, I mean, you think about like the 80s into like the early 90s and stuff, like, you know, people were bored. They didn't have, you know what I mean? They were like, what are the, you know, what are you going to do? Like, nobody actually wanted to sit home mm. and do it, you know, and do nothing. So they would go out to see shows. And, like, that was the only way you could hear new bands was to go out to shows. But now it's like, you know, Friday night, if you don't feel like going anywhere, you can sit in your house comfortable. You can watch whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. You can play Fresh whatever you want to. I'm guilty of that too, Red Dead Redemption, since I got called out. But still, <laughs> you know, so that, and that's part of the reason. I'm I, still playing Duck Hunt. So I don't know about y'all. That's like that's part of the reason. That's part of why I understand it so much because mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It's so like that's, you know, that's what happens. You just you just want to chill out. And, you know, I don't know. And you can't smoke in bars anymore now, so that kind of kills it. You know, and then um, I don't know. Some of the places that you know you play too are not uh, the, the cleanliest of places no so I think that's part of the stigma too because yeah. it's like it, you know if you're gonna no, go out nothing s- wrong with wanting a hygienic bathroom you know if you're gonna go out and see somebody play but it's gonna be you know a scuzzy kind of vibe I mean I don't know it's like yeah. yeah people dig it but I don't know I don't I'm not you know I don't yeah, I think, know I think that, that you know just it, it, it just seems like you just need, we just need as a, as a creative, you know, as bands in general just need to create some more visual aspects in their show and not just like stare at their feet. Right. Uh, you know, it needs well, to be a show to draw people out because they've got so much more distraction these days. Yeah. You know, that's, that's really the, it. That, and that, that's what we're fighting against. We're not, you know, so it's always the the battle is like how do you get to how do you get people to like come, come to out because you hear it every time every time you hear an interview with even like the big bands or like you know 
talking about those times that they only played to like five people and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, I, I don't know. I think, I think in some cases we don't necessarily need to, um, do that to, to like, we don't have to do the, like the tiny club play every night kind of gigs to, you know, get noticed kind of thing because we have the internet. So, you know what I mean? For us, like, when we play a show, there should be people there because, you know, I don't know. Well, let's say Dallas-Fort Worth metro area is 9 million people. you gotta, you got to think that there's a decent percentage well, that like rock and metal yeah. to get into a specific venue. I don't know. We'll have to, like, you have to mix things, too, now. You know what I mean? Like, I had the idea, I don't know if we've ever talked about it, of doing, like like a video game tournament with live bands playing yeah. you know what I mean, what it, like, I mean that's, that, that's the whole point try food, something food new. trucks with yeah. a band playing you know like um, you know a carnival with a band yeah. playing you know what I mean stuff like yeah, that yeah you could do a you know acoustic tour of, of breweries you could do like um, the lights out a perfect example yeah. on uh, episode want to say six um where they released their album on a beer can as a download. It was a genius marketing thing. Yeah. I mean, just whatever we need to do to get noticed. I mean, you know, and that's the thing. Like, you know, if you build a good online presence, too. Mm -hmm. John 5, I mean, releases all his songs, like, in video format, one at a time. You know, I mean, of course, it's, you know, he's John 5, so. Yes, he is. He's got an audience anyways. But at the same time, he still does stuff different. Yeah. You know, that's not, like... I don't know. So I just think thinking outside the box is... That's what this podcast is all you about. Know, like, an important thing. Because so, mm-hmm. I would rather... If I was going to go see a show, I would rather, like... Um, like, I love the Warp Tour. I've only been once, so I'm not, like, a huge Warp Tour like, enthusiast. But I went. It was awesome. Because you have, like, all the different bands, you know. And then you have, like, the vendors and stuff like that that are selling stuff. So... I just think that'd be cool. Just do like you know three links and, uh, you know Lola's do like garage sale type, you know things, at their venues. But what if you did that and had bands play? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like give some, give people, mm. like this and that. Like, like a cross fair with bands. Exactly. Or, yeah. I mean, it would be ideal. Yeah. Just like Texas Frightmare Weekend is on Saturday. I know there's a band playing that's never happened before. I don't think they've ever had a band play before. But that's a perfect way. That's a ton of people to get noticed. Mm-hmm. Like we, you know, we fit that right. genre to a T, right? And in fact, like the entire cast of Reanimator is going to be there. Bruce Campbell is going to be there. Mm-hmm perfect you know what I mean for us to play but that's those are kind of avenues that I don't think people think about and take and not just bands like us that write about horror movies and stuff like that any band could go and play yeah. Texas Frightmare Weekend any heavy band and you probably get the a more, the response the more make up the better probably yeah exactly I mean you know so I think but I don't know if people think like that you know what I mean yeah. I think it's important to um, articulate the fact that whether there are five people watching Creatures and Chemicals or 3,500 people watching Creatures and Chemicals at any given time, that we're bringing that same 
immense energy mm-hmm. to every show. It's, mm-hmm. you know, optimally, yes, we would love to have the 3,500, but those, you know, the same five people that are coming and watching us this one time, they're going to get an epic show. We're going to leave it all on the stage and bring everything we have, and it's going to be there. And it's got to be that way um, no matter if it's one or 10,000, and that's what you're going to get from Creatures and Chemicals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Any other subjects you'd like to touch on? No. Okay. <laughs> Flat out, no. Um, well, cool. Well, we will uh, keep trying stuff, and uh, we will catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye. As always, be excellent to each other, serve others, keep pushing the needle. And here is a practice room demo version of a Creatures and Chemicals song called Death in an Elevator. I hope you enjoy it.